You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Welcome back. Welcome to a new week. I'm so glad that you're here and that we're spending this time together. Hopefully, you're listening to this hunkered down at home with your family. Um, Obviously, we've had some incredible changes uh, in the United States in this past week. Lots of closures, um, lots of people working from home. So I'm honored that you're tuning in and looking for um, a sense of positivity and upliftment through the show. And you are absolutely going to get that today. My guest is the incredible Dave Hollis. I'm sure you already know who he is. He is half of the dynamic duo that is the Hollis Company. His wife is Rachel Hollis. And he is just out with an incredible new book called Get Out of Your Own Way. It's all about how pursuing growth and adaptability and letting go of the stories that we tell ourselves that are really just holding us back um, is really the key to happiness. And so he takes us through his own journey and how you can too make changes and rewire your own life so that you're happy and that you're pursuing growth, which is really what we all should be doing. If we want to really find our potential, meet our potential and feel good doing it um, most of the time. (laughs) So uh, like I said, his new book, Get Out of Your Own Way is out now, just released this week. Get your copy and it can be delivered straight to your door because I think we're all going to be doing a lot more reading. So I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please share it with a friend. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I've been loving all the reviews that have been coming in. Thank you so, so much. And uh, without further ado, here's my episode with Dave Hollis. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. This is my line of organic, natural, USA-grown hemp that was specifically designed to help you, the mother, battle stress and anxiety naturally. And I'm excited to announce we just added two new CBD oils to the lineup. One is a 500 milligram natural flavor, and the other one, my personal favorite, is a peppermint flavor, and it is so delicious. It is so good, and it's going to leave you feeling calm, cool, and relaxed for your day. So head over to motherhoodunstressed.com and get yours today. Well, hello, Dave. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. I love your work. Um, I've really been following you for a while, and and Rachel, of course. Um, So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So I'm going to dive right in with a question. This book that just came out, Get Out of Your Own Way, um, why this book, why right now, and why through you? Well, what's interesting is it was born out of panic, which is a weird way for anything to be born, let alone a book. But I was uh, handed my wife's Girl, Wash Your Face about two and a half years ago. And when I read it the first time, well, it was still in draft form on eight and a half by 11 paper with a binder clip on top. (laughs) I was terrified for the way that she was so vulnerably and honestly owning the struggles of her life and our life. And I did everything in my power to try and convince her to not release the book, which is craziness. But at the time, I looked at vulnerability as being a liability. I didn't know that it was really in her best interest. And certainly there was a part of like the ego or vanity in me that truly was like, ah, please don't, please don't tell (laughs) stories that will potentially make me look bad or feel bad. And then the book came out and thank goodness she didn't listen to me. It came out and, uh, the way that people were able to, because of the transparency and vulnerability, see themselves in her stories, they felt less alone. And in the tools that she was offering for how she was able to, in addressing the lies that she was believing, leave a trail of breadcrumbs for other people to potentially, now that they 
realize, oh, wow, I'm not the only one going through this. And here's a way through. It afforded them a chance to take control of their life and make change and do the work to become the fuller, better version of themselves. And so having been witness to thousands and thousands of humans have this kind of experience, it transformed the way that I thought about vulnerability as not being a liability, but truly being a superpower. And I asked in part because I was at the time of reading it in the midst of a funk of my own, I was stuck. Is there potentially some way of me honestly owning the way that I was struggling because of having made choices or believed lies that kept me in my own way? If I were to honestly, the way that she honestly tell some stories around my own struggle, would it afford people potentially the opportunity to see themselves in my stories? And if I could give some tools, would it help them potentially stay out of their way? So I started writing. And when I started, I had to ask, like, do I really want to be this honest? And as much mm -hmm. as, man, it was hard to be as honest as I ended up being in the book. I think it's through the honesty that people will connect to the way that they also potentially have you know, made choices that don't serve them or are in their own way. And uh, will hopefully because of that, be able to get out of their way and reading some of what worked for me. Oh, absolutely. And I love how throughout the book you offer, you know, key things that most people are doing to kind of bring in that awareness so that you can actually make a change. When you were writing it, were there things that were popping up that you started to realize about yourself that you didn't even realize before? Oh, my goodness. Yes. I mean, this book was one. It was my attempt to try and tell stories through the lens of my own wiring. So I, I, I do want to say, like I in the subtitle, it's the skeptic's guide to growth and fulfillment. I was skeptical of a book like this even being a thing that a human should reach for. So now as I'm writing something for personal development, as I'm writing something that is supposed to help people, I, you know, like was working through some of the stigma that I'd attached to this very thing that I'm creating. So um, a lot of it uh, was really therapeutic, bizarrely, in like sitting down and going through each of these chapters. Many of them ended up being cathartic. They were me processing like I would have inside of a session with a therapist, the way that I had afforded weight to a story that did not serve me, that story for whatever reason, being a thing that I had given capital T truth status to and in unpacking why I believe the things that I believed and where the story came from. I, I truly tried to spend a lot of time understanding of these things, these beliefs that I have that have in some ways limited me from being my best self. Who told me this story and does that storyteller still have credibility in 2020? And so many of the times where I really was on a deep dive, it was this, oh, wow, the storytelling happened 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. It came from someone who, in fact, has credibility in my life, but their credibility on that subject in my life at 45 does not exist any longer. Be free. And so for any listener, you know, like if you are in a place where you're wondering why you feel stuck, but have not examined the stories that you are believing or the way the stories you believe, even on an unconscious level, uh, are keeping you blocked from fully accessing your potential or fully living into um, something that is uh, around the calling of your heart. I would start with asking, what are the stories that you believe and who are the people that told those stories? If they don't have credibility today, then you need to get some new stories in your life. Yeah, but I think that's the dangerous thing is so many people are operating on autopilot. They have all these unconscious programs running. How would you how would you recommend them to kind of 
take off the veil and, and do that deeper soul searching, you know, if they're walking around, not even knowing why they're miserable, they just think that's the status quo. That's their life. Yeah. I, you know, I had a, a lot of um, taboo around the idea of sitting with a therapist until I sat with a therapist and the decision to sit was one that was born out of man really being in a rough spot where I had the leverage of if I don't make some dramatic moves in my life, all of the things that are important in it, my marriage, my relationship with my children, the way I feel about myself when I'm by myself are at risk. Mm. And so I went and I sat and my motivation for sitting in therapy was to understand why. Why do I think the things that I do? Why do I do the things that I do? And it was in this room that was uncomfortable at first with the objective listening ear of a stranger who was not judging me, where my unconscious thoughts became conscious. And I could now in the light ask if those were things that I truly believe still or should believe still. So that's one. Two, I've spent a lot of time appreciating habits and routines as a part of unlocking the very best versions of ourselves. There is a book that I recommend as a first read for anyone that's going on a journey for improving themselves, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. If you do not appreciate that 40 to 50% of the things that we do every single day are things that are happening on an unconscious level that you are not aware of, then you need to be aware of that. And mm -hmm. as you bring that consciousness into the light, you now maybe have a fighting chance of taking better control of about half of the things that you do. So uh, for us, for me, it's been like really identifying who I hope to show up as and what kind of habits and routines I need to embody on an every single day basis to unlock that best version of myself. Yeah. Do you think that you would have gone through this transformation if you weren't with someone who suddenly was on this upward trajectory? I mean, you were this, you were the breadwinner, you were this powerful, you know, guy at Disney, like you had it all. And then if that had never happened, if Rachel had never taken that path, do you think you would have gone through any of this? Yeah. What's interesting, if you're not familiar with our story, Rachel went on a journey to understand a lot of the why in things that were blocks in her life. And anxiety for her was a big thing that she was struggling with on an every single day basis. And so she went on a journey to understand why she felt anxious, where the feelings came from, what it was that was, you know, drawing her attention or sucking away her energy. And as she started stepping into spaces like therapy, personal development conferences, reading books and listening to podcasts, I was super stuck and not interested in going on that journey with her. And if you're listening and you're in a relationship right now where you have interest in pursuing a better version of yourself, but are partnered with somebody who is resistant or skeptical of the journey that you're on, the best advice I can give, do not try and twist their arm, do not try and convince them, don't try and argue them into wanting to do this thing that is a passion of yours, go fill yourself up, go be your best self, go on this growth journey and leave a trail of breadcrumbs of the proof in what you are doing for yourself. Because that for me was the thing that afforded me a way out of my ditch of my own creation, this stuck place between 30 and 40. My, my milestone 40th birthday was a strange midlife crisis -y kind of moment where I was really truly grappling with this bigger set of existential questions around why I was on this planet. I was working, as you say, in this job 
that was absolutely fantastic. The optics of it. I was the president of distribution. I'd worked at Disney for 17 years. I got to work on all these big movies with a whole bunch of the spoils that come with it. But I was in this work in a way because of the strength of the teams and the films that was not challenging me the way that was fully utilizing the tools that I have in my life. I wasn't growing. And so it took Rachel pursuing growth in the absence of me growing to appreciate that what I was missing in my pursuit of being fulfilled was growth. And if she had shuddered at or had listened to the groans or the eye rolling that I was putting up in my season of being stuck, I don't know that I would have been afforded the benefit of having her as a light, as, as I call it. She dropped a rope into this trench that I dug for myself, and I was resistant to reach for it at the beginning of my journey. But once I was ready, if she hadn't thrown the rope in, I don't know that I would have gotten out myself. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, do you remember the moment where you had kind of turned the corner and you started to look at everything differently, you know, even yourself? Oh, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately and fortunately, it was the best and hardest conversation of our relationship after uh, a, a good, you know, 18 months worth of time where I was withdrawing from our family and drinking more than I should and just kind of generally complaining about this like absence of being fulfilled, even though I had what, you know, again, looked like everything. Uh, We went on a vacation and I was not an awesome human being on the vacation. I just wanted to lock myself up in the house while they were out at the beach. I was, again, having more drinks than I ought to have. And we got back from the trip and Rachel and I sat on the bed and against every bit of muscle memory and what for us had been somewhat of a codependent relationship and not wanting to have to wade into hard things, She said, hey, growth for me is the biggest thing in my life. It is like my number one commodity and I am going to pursue it every single day and I am going to pursue it even if you decide not to. And man, I would love for you to pursue it with me, but I'm going to pursue it no matter what, which means that every day I am going to continue to grow. And if you don't grow, If you stay stuck where you are, and if we're being honest, I was descending into a lesser version of myself every day, the distance between who each of us are is only going to widen. So let me ask you, Dave, do you think if we maintain the trajectories of where we're headed currently in a year that we'll still be going on dates, in two years that we'll still be making out, in three years that we will still be married? And I knew the answer to that question. It pierced my baby soul. I did not like to have have to face the reality of, man, I am jeopardizing the possibility of still having every single thing that is of value to me. And that began this search for, okay, why? Why am I making these choices? What is going on? In a, in a like serendipitous, providential kind of way, almost a week around this very hard conversation, I was given this gift by my seven-year-old son at the time, who, while we were out back, in a hot tub playing a game that we usually play at the end of long days called Ask Any Question, my child asks me this question, what are you most afraid of? And right, he's looking for like innocent things. He wants a tarantula or scorpion answer. He wants something gross, whatever. And out of my mouth falls, not living up to my potential. Hmm. And the idea of not living up to my potential was a thing that I had not breathed out loud before. But now that it's fallen out of my mouth, I realize that I am in real time living into my greatest fear. 
And for me, the blessing of an accountability partner in Rachel, who is willing to challenge the trajectory of our respective lives, and the blessing of the innocent question of a seven-year-old bringing to my consciousness that I was living out my greatest fear was so much, it was just such, it was fuel. It was a catalyst. And so I could see, man, there's a version of my future where I am not where I want to be, where I'm not someone who's made my kids proud, where I'm not someone who has an exceptional relationship with my wife, or I can make change. Let's go. Wow. That's incredible. And I love that this is coming from a successful man in our society, you know, because people would look at you and like, what are you talking about? Like you've always had everything, but they don't know the deeper story. And it takes you, you know, diminishing that ego and really getting raw and sharing your truth that like, you know, just with Rachel, like you are lifting up so many others, especially men, which is just so needed right now in our society. And I'm a mom of two boys. So, I mean, having models like you out there is incredible. I mean, I just, it's really, it's healing work. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's, it's interesting because one of the first things I learned as I start doing this work, I'm sitting with therapists. I'm now like against every ounce of what I believed previously sitting at a personal development conference and reading books that I would never previously thought were for me. And the light bulb goes off this connection between growth and fulfillment. You know, like I'd seen it in my wife, but I, as much as I'm witness to it, had to go through in processing work of my own to really, really come to appreciate, oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. I have not been growing. And in the absence of growth, I can't be fulfilled. And I had to ask a better set of questions of where then does growth come from? And so for me, as much as I had for all of my life had certainty, status, title as the goal, the idea of growth didn't necessarily live inside of the construct of any of those things. In fact, especially when it comes to predictability or certainty, it lives outside of that. And so... I had to, in now the knowledge of knowing that fulfillment was a thing I was interested in, ask where could it you know, actually come from? And the decision then to leave a job that you will, to leave what I knew for what I needed, I needed to be pushed outside of my comfort zone because it was there and only there that growth could actually happen. I, I was the beneficiary of so many great things at the Walt Disney Company. I cannot speak highly enough of the teams or the company But because of the conditions of greatness that existed there, I could not, on the whole, I couldn't fail, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I hope that doesn't sound egotistical. It wasn't so much about me as it was the, the, the variables that were surrounding me. And if you, as a listener, are in a position right now where the variables surrounding you do not afford you, on the whole, opportunities to fail, you will not grow. And as we just said, if you can't grow, if you're not growing, you're not going to be fulfilled. So finding a a way for me to pursue something that would challenge me, that was the next step. And man, it required wholesale change in life. Rachel and I move our family, four kids, from where we were in Los Angeles to Austin, Texas, decide to go into business together after she spent a decade and a half as an entrepreneur running the company that we now work in together. And for me, leaving something that, man, I had been wholly accustomed to and used to for what was 20 years worth of time, a big, huge corporate environment for working in a startup. And man, uh, yes, I am being challenged and it's <laughs> far 
hard and we fail every single day, but that exhilaration is what is producing fulfillment on a scale that could never have existed in the other environment. I love that. And I love that about your book too, because you see so many self-help books out there and they're just, it's cheesy and you feel like ashamed for buying it or like looking at the self-help section at the store. But like your book is so practical and it's like, hey, if you want to grow, you got to get uncomfortable. And in doing so, you're going to find fulfillment. I mean, that's really what I got out of the book. And there's so many great chapters in there to kind of hone in and really specify how to do that. And I love the section on self-help, especially again for men. And my question is, do you think, is it is it just that we're now talking about self-help a lot more? Or is it because men these days are taking on more of a parental role than they ever have in previous generations? Well, I think that hopefully there's something in just acknowledging the universal nature of struggle that gives permission for any of us, men or women, but especially men, uh, like the ability to own the things that we go through. If there was anything for me that, man, I wish that I'd had this answer key earlier, when I was struggling and kept it from everyone because of wanting to manage the optics of things being great, trust me, they're great, I was doing myself two terrible services. One, I was ensuring that I'd feel alone. Because in not representing the things that I was going through, I was not able to have anyone tell me, hey, there's normalness in this. Your struggle is a sign of your humanity. We all struggle. If you are listening to this, I assure you that we have way more in common than we have in, that have as differences in the fact that we all universally struggle. But if you aren't willing to share the fact that you are struggling with something, you will not have anyone normalize the fact that what you're going through in in fact exists and probably exists everywhere. And two, in a world where through the lens of masculinity or ego or whatever it might be that has us trying to preserve, I don't know that this is exclusively a male thing because I think there are as many women that are trying to make it seem like everything is fine when things are in fact not fine. Um, That's more, I I would argue, ego than it is anything else. And when we fall into that trap, it guarantees one thing. We will not get the help that exists to get us out of that place of being distressed. And so in a crazy way, because of letting ego determine whether or not we get help or not, we we are almost perpetuating the suffering that we will have to stay inside of. And so... um, As it pertains to men, I think it's, you know, in some ways, a byproduct of your family of origin, right? Like, I am a little, you know, my dad was amazing. I love my father. But my dad processed emotions in a way that's different than the way I process and express emotions, right? I'm raising three sons. And so the way that I'm thinking about trying to impart in them a normalness in having and expressing emotions, a want for them to raise their hand and represent struggle when it exists, so that we can normalize it and get help for them if they are having to go through things. It's just different in part because of societal things that change generation to generation. I mean, I hope, dang it. I mean, I, I hope this book is read by every human and, you know, whether they're man or woman and anyone, everyone, but boy, do I hope that it changes the way that men feel like they can tap into and process the things that they are struggling with because we have a mental health crisis in this country, and right, and the mental health crisis is, in my mind, so connected to the inability for people to feel like they will not be judged or the taboo or stigma that might come up when people say, 
I am going through something, even though everyone is going through something. Right. Absolutely. That to me is true empowerment. Yeah. I mean, I will tell you this. It was very, very hard to write this book. Mm. It's hard to own the things that you have carried shame for. It's hard to own the fact that you're not perfect, that you struggle. And in the fact that I put all these things on pages, uh, I have been able to now wholly and totally change the narrative of my struggle. It is not a foundation of shame. It is not a foundation of of feeling weak or broken. It is power that I get to stand in now for owning the way that I am persevering through the struggle and assigning the struggle something that is a reflection of my humanity, not of anything that is broken. And if anything, I hope, geez, I hope that other people are willing to tap into and stand in a position of power for owning the stories of their past instead of sitting in the dark and allowing them to fester in a way that produces shame. I mean, that's incredible. That change alone, bringing in that awareness and changing that storyline is, is everything, you know, that will absolutely change someone's life and then have that ripple effect on their entire family and their parents and, and their kids. I mean, everything, it's just yeah. incredible. Thank so, you. Are you prepared for the wave of, of stories to come at you after people read your book? It's such a surreal thing. We're recording this the day after the book has come out. So it's, it, it is in real time, uh, a little overwhelming. I didn't know what to expect. I've experienced through my best friend and wife what it's like to have a book released. But it's like, I'm going to guess, having a baby where someone can tell you all about what to think or how to feel or how to prepare. And until you find yourself in this position, oh, my goodness, it is hard to put into words what it feels like to get to this place where now people are reading the thing that you've created. Uh, I was given a gift. Uh, one of the people who got an early copy of the book uh, had a neighbor who saw that she was reading it, had finished it. She had in having a conversation with the wife next door, um, had told her husband that, hey, this book is great. When it comes out, you should read it. And he, on his own, of his own volition, asked, hey, before it comes out, can I read the book? So he reads the book. And three days later, comes back, gives the book to this woman and is like through tears representing how much he felt like it was going to give him a way to show up better for their two kids and his wife. And she sent this note to me in the midst of, I will admit, I was doing press and feeling somewhat insecure about some of what, you know, was coming. Like, oh, I hope people like this book. I hope that it can afford them the breakthroughs that I man, want them to get from this. But I am human like anyone else and had some insecurity. And it was such a gift because no matter how many books this ends up, you know, how many books are sold, I can sit in knowing that the work that I did is done. Yeah. If no other person actually got anything out of it outside of the neighbor of this person who read this book early. That man, God, knock on wood, will show up as a better father and husband and to think that I could be complicit in that in any way is like, I want to cry about it. It's amazing. Yeah. I think that was the litmus test right there. Yeah. To quell any insecurities you might have. Thank you. book Thank is fantastic. Um, I, can't, I can't say enough about it. Where can our listeners find the book, find out more about you as if they didn't know already? You're so sweet. Uh, I mean, the book is available anywhere. If you are interested in hearing me read the book, I do it through the audiobook. So you can grab it on Audible. There's a conversation between Rachel 
and myself at the end of that, if you're interested in that, uh, at Target, if mental health ends up being a thing that you're interested in uh, having a chapter about, there is an extra chapter at Target and a forward from Rachel Hollis, but I wrote an extra chapter about mental health there. But truly the book is available anywhere books are sold. And if you are interested in hanging out with us on social, I'm at Mr. Dave Hollis on Instagram and Dave Hollis on Facebook. I work with my wife at The Hollis Company, so thehollisco.com. Uh, is where we have all the things, so. <laughs> all the things. This was incredible. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you for your time, your insight, your own evolution, which is uplifting all of us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be here. You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, if you love this episode, please share it with at least one friend. Tag us on your Instagram stories. That's a great way to support the show. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you never miss out on a morning meditation or on an interview with an incredible person doing incredible work in the world. Um, And if you haven't already, um, please hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts because it really does uh, boost the show's rating and just it gets the message out to more and more listeners. So thank you.